You are listening to the Babies in Boardrooms podcast, conversations with working moms to help you thrive instead of simply survive with hosts Larissa Santos and Tara Lee. Larissa and Tara are both senior leaders at a global technology firm. Tara is an influence manager in strategic sales operations, a mother of three, married to a former Green Beret, and passionate about helping working moms live their best, most intentional lives by focusing on what matters most rather than trying to do it all. Larissa is an innovative thought leader whose product creations are transforming sales. She's a single mom to a five-year-old son, a soon-to-be published author, and previous special education teacher. One of Larissa's main ambitions in life is to inspire and empower women to embrace their unique talents as their superpowers. Thanks for tuning in. Hey girl. Who's going to talk first? <laughs> hey girl. Hey girl. Happy almost New Year's. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. All the things. Kwanzaa. Birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things. You know, I really think that I would like to celebrate all the holidays sometimes, you know, just because it's like my son and I started learning about all the different holidays and like cultures and things because it's in a book that we have for him. And I was like, this is so cool. Like there's so many elements of each holiday that would be so fun to bring into our own holiday season. I don't know. That's just something I've been thinking about. I no, I completely agree with you. I have a friend on social media. Um, she's a close friend of mine actually, but on social media, she's been posting about like the meaning of Kwanzaa and like what it all stands for, what Kwanzaa is intended to mean and stand for. Same with like uh, the menorah and in Hanukkah and each of the lights and what they mean and they stand for. And I'm going to be honest with you, girl. The story for those and the meaning behind them, it to me resonates a lot more than what I think has ended up being very commercialized. You know, mm-hmm. the more you buy, the more you love sort of. I, I know kid. it's so it's disgusting sometimes. I agree. I agree. And but I think if you go into people's like belief systems, that's where like the true meaning of holiday comes from. And that's what I really tried to do this year because I mean, and you know, I am completely open to whatever anybody believes. One of my closest friends is Jewish. I have friends that are, you know, that are Hindu, all of these, you know, various cultures. And I think it's so important to have that in your life. We're Christian. And so I made it very important for us to, you know, focus on what the reason is behind all of this. And we talked about like the three wise men bringing gifts and like that is the the representation of the gifts that we give. And I think it's so important for kids to learn and understand that. And also, oh my gosh, I have to ask you this because this has been going crazy on social media. Do you do Santa or not do Santa? Right. And like, we, we do it, but I very much so tell my son like, Hey, cause my daughter's too, like, she's kind of, you know, doesn't really grasp the concept, but I'm like, Santa's a belief. It's okay to believe, right. It's okay to believe in Santa, but your friends may not. And that's okay. Right. Like we have friends that believe different religions and that's okay too. Like they're still our friends. Right. So I really feel like it's a a lesson in, in belief systems. So that's kind of how we've managed it, but I don't put like a ton of focus on it. We don't tell a bunch of stories. We don't do elf on the shelf. We don't do any of that. I, the way I've approached it from day one is that I articulated it. And I think it's very similar to the way you do. That Santa is this metaphorical embodiment yes. of what it means to that. be generous and kind and loving and all of those. And so, you know, that's how I've explained it to my son his entire life 
is, you know, these are the the embodiment, the spirit of what we're bringing to this time of year. But let's be mindful. That's not just this time of year. Those are characteristics and things we want to bring throughout the year. I really, um, you know, and hey, again, to every person, every, you know, to each their own. I am not for the Santa's watching you. I can't stand that. The manipulation. <laughs> Stand that. watching you and you're gonna make the naughty list like I cannot stand that stuff because let's be honest that this time of year is so chaotic it's so stressful it brings out in so many cases the freaking worst in so many of us honestly just the stress of it sometimes and for the it's true for our kids as well and so like you know we're bouncing kids from this party to that party to this house to that activity to this thing they're cracked out on sugar and everything and then it's like oh but if you're not on your best behavior and they're out of routine right like and and then the expectations i've been so appreciative of all like the social media influencers have been posting like hey remember this holiday season your kids are out of their routine they're overwhelmed the behavior that's coming out isn't bad behavior it's a reaction to all this overstimulation overwhelm of all the gifts, which you and I were just talking about with grandparents, like all these things that are very difficult for them. Like my son's having a really hard time today. Like we had a meltdown in the bathroom while I was getting ready to record. And, you know, if, if I wasn't in tune to what's going on in his little brain developmentally, and I think so many parents just aren't, and that's okay. Like there's a lot of reasons for it. They don't have time or they have multiple kids or whatever. But if I wasn't in tune to what's actually happening in his little brain or like what just ensued over the holiday season, I'm like, Oh, buddy, you're having a really hard time. Like, this is hard, right? Like, we're still out of routine. There's still so many, you know, you've got all these new things from grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, and it's just so overwhelming and it's so overstimulating. And so, of course, he's going to act like that. And we're detoxing from all the sweets and all the things, too. So, yeah, it's a lot. I agree. And I think, you know, we encountered a couple of different things this season. Um, December is not is a chaotic month mm-hmm. to begin with in my house. Uh, so it starts with my ex-husband's birthday, uh, at the very beginning of December. My birthday is in the middle of December and then you've got Christmas and New Year's of course. So it is like actually all of our holidays pretty much like crammed into one month. And so it's a lot. Plus work. Plus work. Plus, plus, you know, and, um, so it's, it's a lot in that regard. And I will say something that I, this was our first year, full year, fully being separated, fully two different homes. And, um, you know, it was really rough last year. We wanted to keep uh, the family unit together for my son and for him to have his mom and dad on Christmas morning in one house, in one tree with one family as a unit. And last year was hard. It was really tough. But we, you know, we did it again this year and it was a lot easier and, you know, so Good. my ex came over Christmas Eve, we put our son to bed together and, uh, you know, read him a, a book and said goodnight and then went downstairs, did all of our traditions that, you know, the carrots, the cookies, the milk, all that kind of stuff that's really cute. And then, you know, we write him a letter telling him what we think he's been amazing at from Santa that year. Oh, I love that. And the next day I was so proud of my ex and I, of being regardless that we are no longer in the same household and we don't live together. We're able to put aside our egos. We're able to put aside any animosity, anything. We put that in its corner and we come together as a mom and dad for our son because we were mm-hmm. family because of him. And I think 
honestly, that was the biggest gift he got and he appreciated and loved was having his whole family, right? His family together was the biggest gift. And then, you know, of course, the mountain of actual gifts under the tree. But that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I think even married couples struggle with that, right? Like they're so like, I mean, we, we struggled with it this year. Like there's so much going on. I mean, my husband just started his first civilian job two weeks before Christmas. Like he just got out of the military, started his first civilian job in tech. It's very different. Right. And also like, we don't have a nanny right now. I am on maternity leave. So like, I'm also not accustomed to being responsible for everything. I mean, I am, but like, I have a, a baby who's still overcoming illness, which I'll talk about in a little bit. I have, you know, a two-year-old, which is who two. Let's just, I'll just leave it there for moms out there that have had or do have a two-year-old. Um, and then I have a five-year-old and it's just, it's a lot. And so, you know, there was just a lot of kind of at each other's throats, like snippiness. Right. And, and we're married and we live in the same household. So I think it's a good lesson too, for everyone. Like let's really put aside so much of this and focus on not just like, oh, we want our kids to have a magical season, but I want to have a magical season too. Like I want to feel joy and happiness and peace and not be so stressed out and worried about like the relationship or butting heads or all the things, because to your point, December's already hard enough. So Tara, I've got a question at this time of year, you just said, I want joy. I want peace. What does that actually look like for you? I'm curious. That's a really, really interesting question. Um, I, for me, it's just being present and having the capacity to be present. And I think sometimes we fill our cups up so much that we don't have the capacity to be present with our kids and to actually sit there and be like, wow, like this is amazing. Like this is so, and I've caught myself, Larissa, so many times lately being like looking at my kids and smiling and going, this is it. This is the thing that they say when you're, you know, in your sixties and seventies, like, Oh, I wish they were little again. And I miss those times. And so many parents will be like, I I would do anything to go back there. And I missed so much of it because I was so busy or I was so focused on X, Y, and Z. And I've been so cautious about that. And I've been putting my phone away and really just because our freaking phones, that's a whole nother freaking episode, but like just really focusing on did that present time with the kids and experiencing it. And I, it brings me so much joy. However, this time of year, and this is some, these are some of the things that we changed this year, bring about this like constant spinning top and stress of things where you're not present with your kids and you're just so focused on all the gatherings and cooking and cleaning and perfection and getting the Christmas cards out or the holiday cards out or the Hanukkah cards out. It's too much work. And then you don't have the time to just be present and joyous with your kids and then over scheduling. So this year, that's what we did this year. We were like, okay, we're picking two holiday events. One we do every year and it's extremely important to us. The other ones we were like, like we didn't do, I have to be quiet because they're out there. We didn't do Polar Express this year. We, we usually do it. It is so much work. It's so much overstimulation. It's exhausting for everybody. And we were like, I'm not doing it. Plus we have a sick baby. So I'm like, I just, I don't want to do it. Um, and so we chose two very special, important events. And then the rest of the time, you know what we did? We did like 1990 style Christmas. We put the kids in the car with their pajamas on and we went and drove and looked at Christmas lights. We built gingerbread houses. We watched every Christmas movie on the planet every Saturday night during the season. We made hot cocoa. We baked cookies. We did all these things because those are those magical memories that not only are they going to remember, but we're going to remember. I refused to do cards. I was like, nope, I have this the second year in a row. I haven't done them. And you know what's funny? Same. Same. Yes. Same. But you know what's funny? Tell me if you had this reaction. 
people like a lot of people were like, thank you for sending this. Cause I made one on Canva and sent it out. And with like a, a photo that we did from our newborn shoot. And I was like, Hey, we didn't send cards this year, but hopefully you can keep this one on your phone year round. And everyone was like, that's so awesome. So many people were like relieved that I didn't send a card because then they don't feel this like reciprocal. Like I have to send something back. Yes. We also didn't do like neighbor gifts or any of that stuff. And I literally texted all my neighbors and I was like, Merry Christmas. I love you guys. You're amazing. We're not doing gifts this year. Please don't do one back. Let's just be, let's just let go of the, this like need and responsibility to give things to each other because it adds to the stress. So all of those things combined helped me to have more joy and more peace in the season. It really did. And so I think that that could be something that we could all take as a lesson. Like, what could we do so that we can just be there and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. You know, something that's interesting as you're saying this is um, I, if, if someone were to say to me, what do you find joy in? I find joy in um, gatherings, right? And it's funny, right? Because I'm, I'm technically really an introverted person, ironically. Enough. You are. You are. You've said that to me and I'm like, no, this there's no way. Like, I get it <laughs> because I go from being the social butterfly that, you know, just mingles with everyone to literally being in a chrysalis and I can barely because you need to recharge. recharge and I don't recharge by being around other people. I recharge yeah. alone in my bed with Netflix or a book and a baked potato. <laughs> that's how I recharge. I got to find a potato. Right? But that's, that's how I recharge. And the thing is, is that for instance, an example this year, early in the month, my son looked at me and said, what are we doing to celebrate daddy's birthday? I was like, that's a good question, buddy. What do you want to do? <laughs> and I mean, realistically, though, at his age, he's five years old. He does not have the ability to celebrate his father or his birthday without my help. Okay. Right. Um, and there is no one else present that is going to help him celebrate his yeah. father's birthday without my help. And so I was like, all right. Now, let me tell you, this kid had a very strong idea in mind. All right. So like very specific curated idea uh, went into. Of course he did. Look at his mother. <laughs> so Let's just we be real. executed said vision. And it was, again, Tara, kind of those moments when you're like, this is it. This is what it's about. The genuine look of joy on my ex-husband's face and surprise. The genuine look of like just love for his father and excitement and joy that he did this for his daddy, right, made me feel just like so joyous. And again, like I think sometimes we can almost lose sight of those things when when it's like we're not technically together. He is not my husband. And a lot of people will be like, you did not need to do that. That's not your role. But you know what? I I think that sometimes we can all step out of ourselves and say, without me, yeah. where does that come from? Does, you know, without me, who's who's helping him get a gift for his father? Because at the end of the day, that's still your son together. And so absolutely, like in order to celebrate his birthday with your son, you have to be a part of that equation. I totally get that. And that's a beautiful thing that you were able to do that and see that joy, you know, and to your point, it's those moments. And that's when I'm like, okay, I want more of this. That's that joy. Like I want more of, these are the things that people tell you to enjoy. And so often we get like spinning tops and running around and going to the activities and we forget to enjoy those moments. We forget. I have a snow machine. I oh, invited man. the neighborhood kids over. And let me tell you, <laughs> in 80 degree Florida weather, we had a fire going in the backyard and we had snow and it, it was like, and that it was honestly joy. magical. 
And that brings me joy is that I have pictures of like the sheer joy and look of like, mm-hmm. just how neat it was, you know, like the fascination, the, the awe in the kids eyes and them running around and just like, you know, getting a snowflake on their nose. It's soap, it's foam, right? It's, <laughs> and guys, it's, it's like biodegradable, it's we, all the natural stuff. I love stuff. that we have to put these caveats the kids. So, um, but it's like, there, it's just this, this magical moment and they decorated some cookies and, you know, then they went jumping on the trampoline. And I just remember sitting there in front of the fire with that little snow machine going, watching the kids jump on this yeah. trampoline. And I'm like, pause. That's it. That's Turn it. Turn it into your mm-hmm. head. Cause what it is. this is the moment that you're, you, you know, all that, a lot of effort goes into that. <laughs> But that's the moment you are wanting to create. And that lasted for like four hours. (laughs) Yes. And you know, it's so funny. I wanted to bring this up somehow and I really didn't know how to, but this is like everything you're saying. I'm like, yes. Like I feel all like the warm tingly is. I truly believe that being a working mom, and this is not going to be a popular opinion with people who, who are stay at home moms. And I love stay at home moms. Like I have many of them that are my friends. I've said that, you know, before they girl being on maternity leave. I'm like, y'all have the hardest job on the planet. I don't care who you are. Cause you ain't got no support and nobody's coming to back you up. So I, um, I think that I'm such a better mom being a working mom. And the reason I say that is because I have, the, I live. And I think I, I want to ask you the same question. I live this like dual life of I work and I feel fulfillment in my work. And then I'm off and I feel fulfillment in being a mother. And a lot of the time those things coexist at the same time, right? Like we're doing, I'm doing calls in the pickup line and all those things, but it's, I, I feel that I'm able to be more present with my children when I'm with them. And so it's, I just, I have this, this notion, right. That if I were to be a stay at home mom, this is just me and who I am. Everyone's different that I wouldn't have that same appreciation and enjoyment because I'm living it right now where I'm like a spinning top running around my house, getting dinner done. You almost do what you become a little desensitized and a little numb to it. Yes. Those, those precious. Yes. And you become more burnt out. And, and I've, I've talked to all my stay at home. I've checked in with all my stay at home mom friends this, this holiday season. And they're like, I'm so burnt out and I get it. But I feel like having that like kind of dichotomy of like, I work and I'm a parent, it just helps me be a better mom because I'm present in those moments when I need to be present. So if I were to plan a gathering and I can sit back and be like, wow, I'm present in this moment. I'm not working. Work is done. And and just like you did, I can sit here and be like, this is the reason. This is this is exactly what I've been wanting to to live in and feel this joy. And I just truly think that being a working mom for me has helped me to be more appreciative of the time that I have with my kids and those moments where you're watching the snow hit their nose in the fire pit and all those things. It's like, yes, I don't know. I, I may, and maybe I'm wrong, but for me, that's my truth. It really is. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, my closest, like she's basically my other half of my soul. Um, my best friend, Ashley. I know who she is. <laughs> I can share her name. People know who she is. Uh, she She's a stay-at-home mom. And let me tell you, the struggle, like, it is the the funniest thing is that pretty much on, like, after drop-off, I'll either call her or she's calling me after her kids have left to go to the bus or I'm driving home from dropping my son off at school. One of us has got a story for the morning of, like, what happened? Trying to put mittens on. Like, what, your arms are... Meltdown. Meltdown. 
like, like so one of us has some sort of like hysterical story to tell about the morning or the night before, or girl, I don't know if I'm gonna make it today. <laughs> like it's a day by day struggle. But I really think that like, it makes me appreciate, you know, she has, she has a partner, she has a husband, you know, they're married and they're, they're still struggles. They look different to your point. You make this all the time. They look different, but they're still struggles, right? The grass is not necessarily greener on the other side, but something I do, like I, I, there's so much we could go into this space, but when we talk about like the dynamics between the people and taking the moments of appreciation for our kids and all of that, something I find interesting is I found, I, we were talking about what should we call this? And it's passive disappointment. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Passive disappointment. And so it's, listen, let me tell you, since I was 18, all right, um, I was held to a certain standard. I was, you know, I'm adopted and I was a foster child at that point, but I was held to a very specific standard. And let me tell you, from as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. I can remember passive disappointment. That like, no matter how much of a gift I, I brought, how many gifts I bought, broke, you know, wrapped it, not wrapped it, on time, late, didn't matter. It was just quite never yeah. on par or good enough. And the interesting thing is I find that to continue after my 39th birthday. I'm almost 40 years old. After my 39th birthday this month, that continues on where I didn't say thank you in the appropriate way. Your video, your thank you video is not enough. You should have called and FaceTimed. Oh, okay, cool. My bad. Like in the midst of all the things I got going on, my bad. And you know, you're a working mom. You're a single mom. You have, you, you, it's holidays. You got a house to take care of. I mean, and and that's that's all the things that that there's no appreciation for that from the outside. Yeah. And and it's so interesting is because, you know, we want that appreciation from our partners and our spouses a lot of times. And in fact, also we need that, that grace and appreciation from family and friends sometimes to realize, look, if they thank you in a 48 hour turnaround or in a specific way is what's most important to you. Don't send the gift, darling. It's not worth it. To me, yes. I just don't send that. anything. If you're, gonna expect, if you're going to expect a specific response, please don't send it because I don't want to be responsible for that. No. And appreciate like that's the hard part for me. And I've learned a lot that like I don't need to say everything on my mind. And I also don't need to like verbal diarrhea everything that we're going through. But sometimes I'm just like, read the room. Like I have a baby who has a heart condition. I have two kids. I have a husband who just started a new job and got out of the military. We're building a house. We like all these things. And you want this specific response to something that you have sent or given like that. I, I can't offer you that right now. So in that sense, don't send it. Just don't. Well, like, it's just backhanded in my opinion. It, it's backhanded in my opinion. And I'll be honest with you at this point in my life, if it's something I want or need, baby, I can buy I'm it for myself. myself. Yep. That's it. I would prefer your lack of, you know, guilt, unnecessary guilting, passive disappointment of the type of thank you you got. Let me be honest. You're lucky you got a thank you at all. Um, so like, I, just, I didn't ask for that. I didn't choose it. I'm appreciative. For other moms out there. Yeah. For other moms out there who have that particular family member or, you know, family members of a certain generation or whatever it is. Or even a friend. Or even a friend 
who you didn't turn around and get around to them in that 24, 48 hour period of time, or you didn't, you know, send a gift back, or you didn't send a, a video, or you didn't do it, you didn't FaceTime them, you didn't do it how they wanted. Well, and also, we talked about this earlier, too, like the sheer overwhelm of too many gifts for kids. Like, we wonder why kids have so many, like, we talked about this earlier in the show, like how many kids have, you know, behavioral or, or emotional kind of out, like lashing out during the holidays, and people wonder why. And it's like, they're, again, they're out of routine, they're overwhelmed, they're overstimulated, there's too much going on. And we overschedule them in the holidays, too. But like, you know, when there's too many gifts, and I'm not faulting anyone for doing lots of gifts. Like I know that for some people, it's their love language. But the holiday season has turned into this, like, let's buy as many gifts as we possibly can. We do five, you said you guys do the same thing. But then you know, if we're going to go to grandparents house, and they're opening multiple gifts, like it's fine, but it's not because like my son kind of, you know, had an emotional breakdown, it was too much for him, it was too overwhelming. Are they appreciated and amazing? Yeah, absolutely but it was too much. And so like his reaction, I think spawned a, you know, kind of hurt feeling situation, but it's, he's five. Like he's, he's overwhelmed. He's overstimulated. And all he wanted to do was come home and play with his toys that he got from here. He just was, it was again, just too much. And then I also feel like that he was kind of expected to perform, right? Like, do you, do you see this? Oh my God. I have a parallel I want to make. And I think there's some generational elements to this because I feel like some of our generation and younger, when it's a baby shower, we do not want to open all of our gifts at the baby shower in front of everyone and go, oh, oh, it's so adorable. We do not want to do that for 45 minutes with every single gift. But I think there are certain generations that there is an expectation. They want you to open their gift in front of them. They want to see your face. They want your reaction. They want yep. your gratitude. They, they want that. And to me, it almost sucks the life yep. out and sucks the meaning and the point out of a gift. It's You should give a gift without expectation of reciprocation. Reciprocation yeah. being any of that. And I see that your point in sort of the same expectation with kids even that can't manage their emotions as much that they're expected to have the shock and the awe. And, oh my gosh, by golly, this is the best gift yet right. for every freaking exactly. 27 gifts they've gotten and opened in that morning. Right? Come on. But it doesn't matter. Like I, I, like my husband and I decided like we can't control what other people do. We've tried and we, we make a list. We make like an Amazon list or a list. And like a lot of those things have learning materials and things that we need, like a world atlas, which my, my mom bought him like a world atlas and some like bugs and things that I wanted for homeschool, which was amazing, but it's still overwhelming to open that many gifts, even when you have those things in it. Um, but you know, we, we try to make the list and then inevitably it's not, kind of followed. And I'm not just talking about like one family. I'm talking about like the extended family across the board. And so we were finally like, we have to control what we can control, right? Like at our house, he gets five. They, they both get five. We try to keep it small. We let them appreciate. I mean, and you see it too. We don't force it. They'll open one and they spend 20 minutes playing with it before they move to the next. Cause they, they only have five. Right. And then they're like playing with them all day long, appreciating, loving, and then you go and then you have this overwhelm, right? It's just, it's too much. Um, but again, I put it out there too, Tara, for that, that I learned from my friend, Carmen. I once wondered, there was a point where it was like, I remember when I first became a single mom, where you have this question of like, man, I'm buying everything. I'm wrapping everything. I'm creating mm. the magic. That's been all over social media. Girl, you did, I did that and I'm not a single mom. Exactly. So I asked Carmen, I was like, you know, does, 
what do you do with your daughter? And she said, she gets one gift, one gift from Santa, right? One gift from Santa, but the rest of those gifts, that's what we do. She knows comes from mommy comes from my hard work. And I love that, that I don't think that's a narrative that I was ever brought up with that, you know, it was basically all the gifts were from Santa. And I love the idea of teaching our children that these gifts don't come out of thin air. There's when mommy has to take a work call, it's because mommy has to work to buy you mm-hmm. those wonderful, amazing gifts that you love so much and to put the food on the table and to pay this electric bill. So I love that. And it's just a tip for me out there that mm-hmm. a gift be from Santa that our kids learn and understand that this is mommy and you do it too. Part yeah. of money. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how I was raised. Actually, that's like a really good thing that my parents did. And so that's what we do. We do one unwrapped and that's Santa. And then everything else is for mom and dad. And who girl, we got my son a BB gun this year ah. and we got him a dirt bike. So let's just put it I out there. I love it. I'm so excited. I was looking for that dirt bike on Amazon. <laughs> it's am- it's amazing. I'm not even kidding you. Like, and he is, he is evil Knievel, but he's so cautious and safe too. Um, but he's been wanting a BB gun. My husband and I both have shot firearms most of our lives. So like, again, like not I, for those of you who are, don't agree with that, I totally understand my husband's military. I grew up in a household with a police officer. So like I've been around them from a young age and it's something that I do very safely. I always have to put that caveat out there. Um, we have extensive hours of training, but we got him a BB gun and we have, it's, I have the cutest pictures, Larissa, of him outside with my husband learning safety. He wouldn't even let him touch it until he learned the safety. He had to wear glasses. He had to understand how to hold it. He had to understand what it meant to be loaded and not loaded. Like this is like his beginning stages of understanding. Cause he wants, he wants to take him hunting at some point. He started hunting at like eight years old. Right. Yeah. And so will, so will my son. So it was, it was so cute, but you should have seen his face light up when he opened it. And he was like, did you guys get this from me? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, thanks mom and dad. And I love that because he knows that it came from us, that we identified something he really wanted and we worked hard and got it for him, right? Like he can connect the dots there. And I think that's important. So I'm glad you brought that up. I love that. No, I mean, I am the same way where I think that those sort of skills, frankly, are just, I think of them as skills, right? Um, They are, they're soft skills. And and shooting and and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, No, that I think think of them as skills, right? So I, I'm of the same mindset and I know other people are going to have different opinions and that is the beauty of what makes their world go around. Right. Um, absolutely. But so like, let me ask you, what was your moment as a mom besides exhaustion? (laughs) What was your moment as a mom sort of at the end of the day, whether it was at the end of Christmas Eve or Christmas day or yesterday, where you just kind of sat back and what was the one thing you most appreciated about yourself, not your family, not your kids, yourself setting boundaries. Um, and the way I did it this year, because normally I'm very, and this is something I had wanted to talk about. So just FYI, everybody, we wanted to record this last week and get it out before Christmas, but life happened. So that it, it is what it is. Um, but we, so I have always, you know, made everything about my family. And been like, well, it, we can only have dinner at seven or five o'clock because the kids go to bed at seven and like, da, 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 you know, and I've stressed everybody out, but I have, I felt like I had to do that because if I didn't, then, you know, I wasn't setting the boundary for my family. And I fully believe that during the holiday season, my kids still need naps. My, my five-year-old doesn't take naps anymore. My two-year-old and my baby do. They still need naps and they still need to follow some sort of routine because it's very helpful for them. Otherwise they're too overwhelmed. And so this year. And I actually, again, heard this from an influencer. Like there's so much good on social media, as much flack as it gets, but 
she had said like, instead of saying we have to do it this way, let them do whatever they want to do. And then you tell them how you're going to show up. And so I did that. So basically I was like, Hey, if we're going to have dinner at seven o'clock, we won't be there. And I didn't say anything. And I didn't over explain because it's hi, we have young kids. We're not doing dinner at seven o'clock. Right. And so it was like, okay, well let's do dinner at four. And I'm like, great. So it's, it was more just me inserting into like, I'm going to set the boundary. I'm not going to like make it all about me, but it's okay if you want to do something over the holidays and us not be involved because I care more about my kids. It was the same thing. Like that is such a brilliant way to reframe it. Yes. I know I have felt the same way before where I'm just trying to toe the line of what I know myself and my son and my family need. And a lot of times people are like, Oh, so we got to make this all about you and your time. What works for you? I love how you reframed that. It, it, I'm telling you, Larissa, it was amazing. So I always host Christmas Eve and we make homemade pizzas. And then Christmas morning, everybody comes over here and watches the kids open presents. And this year I didn't want that. I really didn't. And I didn't want to have to cook two meals because of hello, I have a baby and two kids and it's Christmas. And so I basically, you know, when I was asked like, Hey, what about Christmas morning? I was like, Hey, we're going to cook breakfast. The kids are going to wake up early. We're going to open gifts and we're going to spend time as a family. And then I'm happy to invite you over for a cup of coffee. But I just kept it very like I wanted them to ask, but I'm, I wasn't going to make the plan. I wasn't going to make it about us. I was just going to be like, hey, this is what we're doing. You can come if you want, but this is what we're doing. And I think that that was really helpful. And everybody was, it was so harmonious this year. And I sat back and I was like, I feel so much better about the holidays. And I was able to enjoy them more because I didn't stress over forcing our schedule on other people or like, I just, I, I just reframed it and I set back and, and I also, this is another one. And I want to ask you about this one. I let a lot of comments and things go. I'm like, whatever. And I didn't let it affect me. I just went with the flow and I enjoyed holidays because it's not about anybody else. It's about my children and my family period. So that's what we did. What about you? What was your moment where you set back? I mean, I know you were proud of you and, and your ex-husband, but was that kind of your moment? Or That, that was my moment. That yeah. was my moment, honestly. Um, and it wasn't just that. It was we celebrated his 40th. We celebrated my 39th as a family all together. And then we celebrated Christmas Eve and Christmas Day together as a family. That's so and awesome. I am really, really proud of, you know, I don't know that some people ever get there with their families and their co-parenting situations. But I'm really proud of uh, my ex's and I's ability to get there. And within just like, you know, we never let it slip in one year. We maintained it. So I think that's beautiful. And I think it's just kind of a light of hope. Like, does that mean that it did not chat my ass that I still had to decorate the tree and order, get the food and, and wrap, buy the gifts and wrap the gifts and do this and, did it not chat my ass? Yes, it chat my ass. But guess what? But Larissa, whether you were married or not, I got news for you. You'd still be doing all that stuff. Okay, because... That's exactly <laughs> it. That, that. And, um, you know, there's one other thing I want to like, a moment I had. So last year, I spent my birthday in Colorado with one of our good friends. And I'm so sad I wasn't there, but... And the thing is, I remember like her and I having a conversation and me being like, man, this is going to be the first Christmas. Um, I doubt I'll have anything in my stocking and I don't think I'll have anything under the Christmas tree. So I had still gotten my ex gifts and I was not as confident he would do that for me. And so, you know what that friend did? 
last year, I'm, I'm about to skedaddle out of her house, go to the airport, and she hands me a bag. She says, I hope you could stuff this in your carry-on. And it's all of these little small wrapped mini gifts. And she said, here's your stocking. Not only oh, that, but this she, year, this amazing. year, this year, a package arrived two days before Christmas and a text arrived that Santa's little elf hadn't forgotten my stocking this year either. And talk about a village. Talk about mm-hmm. I, that moment. That makes me teary eye, girl. Wow. Like, yeah, I'm like feeling that, right? Wow. To have a friend, you know, and I'm, I'm really blessed. I've got friends that I, they're family. Like that's, that's, that's family. And when we say goodbye on the phone, we say, I love you, sister. Mm-hmm. I love you. We don't say goodbye. We say, I love you. And she, once again, this year sent me an entire stocking full of miniature wrapped gifts that I got to enjoy. So for those moms out there that maybe are getting empty stockings, that is not cool and it's not okay. But you know what? I would say, let the village know, let the tribe know, because I would be more than happy to wrap some little stocking stuffers and send them off because none of us have to feel that. And that our friend is a testament to what that looks like and what it can look like that no one has to wake up Christmas morning. No mom has to wake up. No woman has to wake up with their stocking empty. When Girl, got we should start, we should start like a tradition next year, like with all of our listeners and be like, Hey, if you're not going to get anything in your stocking, you send us an email. Us We're gonna start. And then we can do like exchanges, like send each other emails. Yes. We all send each other stock. Like seriously. I would love that. I would love that. That would be, we can Joy. start that. Start that where no no woman's stocking is left empty and unstaffed. And it would create joy. It would. Those are those are those moments. Those are the moments. We're about to cry. We're crying. I know. <laughs> but let me tell you that same friend. So my 11-week-old, I had said in the last podcast, I think that he had um, viral meningitis at eight days old. That later turned into myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart. And we were we were in the hospital, the children's hospital, um, in a city nearby for a week and it was brutal. Um, and they didn't know if it was going to turn into like cardiomyopathy and be permanent damage, or if it was just going to be, you know, um, myocarditis and heal and seeing your, he was eight weeks old, six weeks old at the time, your six week old baby, you know, with an EKG and all these wires coming out of him. And that's like the third time this has happened to me because my daughter had RSV at four months old and then my son had severe anemia and was hospitalized. It's just so many things. And luckily I have good news to share in that he had his cardiology appointment a couple of weeks ago and his heart is improving. And so his cardiologist who is sent from heaven, literally, she is the most amazing human being. Um, she walked into that room, Larissa, and we bonded immediately because she was like, oh, I'm a geriatric mom too. I have a one-year-old and I'm over 40. And I'm like, I love you. Let's be best friends. I literally like, and she, she just made me feel so at ease, just everything about her. I would love to have her on here sometime. Um, but anyway, his, his heart is improving and it, it was the best news. And she has every you know bit of confidence that he will fully heal. And so, you know, like, hallelujah, we, we had so many things to be, to be grateful for, but that friend knowing we were in the hospital, knowing that the kids were home without their parents sent us this massive box. She sent me bracelets that had the Morse code, like my favorite Bible verses about like protection. She sent my favorite chocolate bars and there were like 12 of them and girl, they were gone in like two days. She sent beef jerky because she knows that we like all natural grass fed organic beef jerky. She sent like stuff for the kid. I mean, it was 
unbelievable the amount of things that she sent us that were so thoughtful and so helpful in that moment because we needed snacks for our hospital bags. And like my son took the bracelet that was the Morse code for fierce. And he's like, I'm fierce. Like it was just so neat that she thought of every detail of our lives and having that person in your life, in your tribe is so critical. And the thing I also love the most is she knows without a shadow of a doubt that I ain't got time to send anything back right now, but that someday it doesn't have to be a gift, but that there will be some sort of reciprocation in some way, whether it's I treat her to dinner or we just spend an hour together when she's in town or something. And those are the type of people that you got to keep in your corner because they're amazing. Got to fill you in on something because I was at a hamam when I got the message that like you guys were going to be in the hospital longer. I don't know if you know what a hamam is, but it's basically a steam room. So I'm, I'm in a steam room in hamam and I step out in a robe from the hamam and that friend and I had a conversation about what we were going to do. And that box is what came up together. Now, full execution, hundred percent on her part. Oh, Larissa, I didn't know that. <laughs> that was us like, uh, <laughs> it's a funny visual. But let's just say I stepped out of a steam room and we were chatting up about what we were going to do. She called me back and that's when she could call me back. And I was in the middle of that. And, but that's, that's the tribe girl. That's the tribe. And I love, and she is such an amazing person. And, you know, when you know her, you know her and to be one of hers is it's sort of nothing. But I feel the same way about you. I mean, so my functional medicine doctor asked us, cause we, we incorporate functional medicine and Western medicine, especially with a heart condition like this. But she was like, I would love for you to buy a red light therapy face mask and put it over his whole trunk one minute, three times a day to help his heart heal. Right. And help his like cellular growth. Like it's, it helps with mitochondrial health and like growth. And I was like, well, look at that. Cause miss Larissa sent me a face mask for while I was pregnant because she knew I couldn't get my Botox. So she sent me this beautiful mask that does red light therapy. And guess what? Little man for the last four weeks has been getting red light therapy over his trunk with that mask. And it's amazing, but like that—that's that that tribe mentality. It's like when you don't have, and even if you do have, but like sometimes we as moms need things, and we as women, not even just moms, need things that other people can't anticipate and can't understand, but we understand. And so having that, having that tribe, and having that, and it's not just about buying things; it's just about showing up. I said, that's it. It's just about showing up. Like you text me in the hospital. I'm like, girl, I have a wireless pump from my friend, Ashley. I'm sending it to you. Like, you know, like so many things where it's just like, you think ahead, you think the way that we would think. Right. And you, you try so hard to just be there because when you can't physically be there, what can you do? And it's just, it's amazing. I think that the takeaway for me in all of this is that, um, I love, like we've said, social media, it's, it doesn't make it so abnormal anymore that you're not the only mom with an empty stocking. Right. There were a lot of moms out there with empty stockings. And while we might not be able to change in overnight, what's been sort of systemic in our society of like the Christmas magic and the joy happening for mothers, we can do that for each other. We can right? We're capable of doing that for each other and for uplifting each other. Um, not just moms, but like friends, women, the tribe, like Mm -hmm. I literally have a tribe of people and they are on all corners of the world, right? Like they're all over the world of tribes of women that 
San Francisco, literally in Paris, right? Like all over the world that will rally behind us and stand behind us when we need them. And so I, I would just close this out saying like, I am so thankful for you and for all of our friends, Jenna and Ashley's and others Jackie. of our tribe, Jackie, yep. and our tribe that show up for us and Christina, support us. And shout out to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do, I do have to say this really quickly though, cause I don't want this to all be like down with men. <laughs> We mutually decided no stocking stuff this year because we just have so much going on and we just spent buku bucks on our house. I'm like, that's our gift, right? Like we're all the upgrades, but my husband, because he knew that the kids would be like, why are your stockings empty? He put, so I work out, I do CrossFit, right? And I drink fit aids. So he put fit aids in my stocking and fit aids in his stocking (laughs) (laughs) so that they would Santa be full. Right. It's already something we have in the house. <laughs> and I was like, so again, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be like, ah, oh, my stocking was empty. No. And like, he didn't think about that, but, but it, but you're talking more about, and I, I fully agree with you that it's that anticipation of things that I don't think anybody understands. And it's for no fault of their own, but other women, other women in your tribe, like they get it and they know what you need right? Like your, your son's having surgery tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm buying you dinner. And you're like, no girl, we're fine. I'm like, I don't care. I'm buying you dinner. Ask your son what he wants. And when he told me what he wanted, I was like, Auntie Tara, I want a baked potato with sour cream. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm going to find a place. So if you know of a place that will deliver that, like you tell me, but I will find it. I will find it. Does he, does he just like sour cream? Is that it on there? He like, too. Okay. 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 We can be best sour friends. Sour cream, butter, salt, pepper. <laughs> I like, like sour cream, butter, salt, and pepper. Like that's my jam. Cool, cool shebang. Yeah. That's my jam. Yeah, and, and one more thing you keep mentioning 40, you're going to be 40 next year. Right? So, you know, November is our mid month, right? Cause October is mine uh-huh. and December is yours. I didn't get to have a 40th cause I was postpartum. So you gave me a 40th on my 41st. I didn't get to have a 42nd because I was literally two days postpartum. <laughs> so on your 40th and my 43rd in November, we go on somewhere big. So you start yeah, planning that. That's what I'm saying. Let's find a place. Or we could even have a big tribe, you know. No, no, no. That's, that's more in line with what I'm thinking. I'm thinking house in Indonesia, <gasps> Bali, like a big where they got a chef girl and like the whole shebang bang well could we maybe do that like in the u.s <laughs> i'm like i'm not going to bali with a one-year-old back home <laughs> i don't know if that exists but we can try we can try or like mexico like something so one of my good friends owns like these properties in mexico and she does yoga retreats there and we can hire a chef and like i don't know let's just start thinking about this and for anybody listening if you're like i want to go you just let us know we'll we'll, oh, we'll tag along yeah. <laughs> All right, babe, I'm off to an appointment. All right. Enjoy. And thank you everybody for joining us and dealing with our our lateness getting back to you. But here we are. Thank you for joining us on the Babies in Boardrooms podcast. You can find us on Instagram at babies.and.boardrooms or via LinkedIn search.